Karlsson, Karlsson, världens bästa Karlsson. Karlsson, Karlsson, hoj här kommer Karlsson. Karlsson, Karlsson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Karlsson. Killar jag så bra som mig. Karlsson, Karlsson, Karlsson scores! Karlsson, Karlsson, Yes, 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 yes! Welcome everybody to another episode of Keeping Cards the longest running fantasy hockey podcast in the world, hosted by two guys who would be so happy to have one week without one of our major players on our fantasy teams getting injured for an extended period of time. I'm your host, Elon Dubrovsky, and with me is a fellow Chris Letang manager in the Cupful. He is the fantasy hockey robot, the Poop Bob prognostication, the IPP MVP. You know him well. As also our good friend Brian Calm. Hey Brian. Hello, Elon. Hello, everyone. Who needs caffeine when they've got you shouting in their ear with that big enthusiastic intro? I am pumped for this episode tonight. I think we've got some really fun stuff to talk about. The Latang situation, not fun. Glad he's okay. Seems like he wants to play already, but you know, let's let's be safe. Let's do this the right way. In the meantime, who are you talking to? I don't know. His doctors. <laughs> are they listening? That'd I just, be cool. It's uh, you know, it's uh, it's a scary moment, but I'm glad. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm of rambling. Course. I just want. I want. You always have to show. say that. That's the thing you know? with being on a fantasy podcast is like whenever there's an injury, before we like dive into what we actually care about, we have to obviously say like, oh, I hope he's okay. I want, like you know, I want him to live a happy life with his family. You yeah. know, I want him to blah blah blah. All right, now let's get into who's the top power play defenseman on Pittsburgh. <laughs> Jeff Petrie, yeah, no, but also top power play defenseman in San Jose, by the way. I just want to, I saw him last night in the flesh in mm-hmm. Ottawa, Carlson, uh, nice. co- coming to town. He was so good. He looked really great. And I also confused a lot of people around me. I was wearing a, a Carlson Sharks jersey, like in the away teal. Mm-hmm. And like, I've never been the person who wears the opposing team's jersey to the home team's arena. Like, that's not my thing. I don't, I don't love doing it. I don't like the attention it draws, but... Like, it's Carlson first, Sen second, the color teal third, the Sharks, like, a distant fourth. And, like, that's just, you know, so people, I I, I had questions. Did you have to explain it to yeah, all the people? Yeah, from the people sitting behind me and the guy sitting next to me, who, like, I think thought I was visiting from San Jose. He's like, you ever seen Carlson play before? I'm like, yeah, several times. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. And that's why I'm back here tonight. So uh, I, I'm glad uh, he didn't do that well. I was scouting Alex Barabanov. Looks mm-hmm. pretty. Looks pretty good. I've uh, got him on my Kukupful team. Me and too. He's become a hold. Like I don't see why I'm going to drop. Him. I have a lot of people who suck more than him. He's kind of exciting with the puck. Like he he can make things happen. Maybe he's a little too like he tries a little too hard and maybe a little too selfish. But of cool. anyone with the puck in San Jose last night, he seemed like someone who could carry it through the neutral zone for a controlled entry. And he's got a interest. I was going to say great hair. But it's kind of thin, like it's long, it's stringy, it covers like, you know, a bit of his name on the back. But it's it's not like luscious or thick, you know, it's just kind of <laughs> what like is this, this scouting report? stringy flow. So that's uh, that's my take on Alex Barabanov. Good on your couple rosters. I'd like to see him on a good hair day. Okay, like, uh, look, Brian goes to one hockey game. Here we go. The whole podcast is different now. No more numbers. We're just going <laughs> to give some eye test reports to you. But of course, no, we've got a ton to talk about. I got a ton of injuries, outjuries. Than hot streaks and cold streaks. So no, no surprise here. But it, it felt like there was a lot of injuries and outdoors to start. So I think we got to get into it. But of course, before we do, a couple of announcements. Keeping Carlson, very proudly presented by DobberHockey.com. I freaking love that website, okay? Frozen Tools. I use it like all the time. Like if Frozen Tools went down, the podcast might need to go down for a week. Or it would take a hit because it has all, everything I need. It's the best. So check it out. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. So that's uh, DobberHockey.com, FrozenTools.com. Uh, also... Brian, uh, we asked Ben and I love how Ben is like, you know what? I was like messaging Ben and Lewis being like, hey, can you mention on the podcast that there might be some couple spots opening? I expected it to be kind of like a natural, you know, like, oh, by the way, there's some couple spots. They were like, uh, we have a message here. Like, you know, special news alert. We have a message from our overlords, Elon and Brian, that they, they've required us to make this uh, announcement to the, to the public. <laughs> but anyways, yes. Um, this is the month. December is like 
spring cleaning. I guess we, for fantasy hockey, it's December. Like that's the, it seems like the month when people decide, some people decide that their season's not going well. And of course, the true like fantasy players, the hardcore people, probably the people listening to this podcast are the type that even if they're losing, they're not going to give up. They're not going to stop setting their lineups. Uh, not to shade anyone, but there are some people who decide that they are just going to give up and not set their lineups. Maybe not even mention anything to anyone because we actually don't mind. You know, in the cupful, if you come to Brian or I or Kevin, you know, and say like, hey, uh, it's not going well. I think I, I've got too many leagues. My life is crazy. Whatever, whatever reason, you know, I'm going to go. That's great. We're like, no, no problem. Thanks for letting us know. But of course, there are some people who just kind of just stop setting their lineups. And we don't want our league to be like that, where you have people that are playing against people where there's just like, you know, no challenge because they're leaving Ovechkin on the bench or whatever. So you know, Kevin's going to be doing some pruning this month, which means that we have some openings probably coming for the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League. So if you want to jump in and get some practice in before you start with a fresh team next year, if you're not in the league, uh, you know, you go sign up. Couple.com, I guess, or become a patron, keepingcarlson.com slash patron. Uh, you know, tweet at us, uh, at Keeping Carlson. We'll, one of those ways will get you in and we'll explain to you everything you need to do. So, uh, Brian, anything you want to say on that or anything else before I get into our first injury of the day? No, that's it's fun. It's fun. While you're waiting for the couple, you're in our Discord community too. So yeah, get in, join us, and keep like again another perk of the cupful. We make sure everyone's active. He, like it's at 600 people in the league. We promise that over 95 percent and sometimes 100 percent are actively managing their teams. No, no, all killer, no filler. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no pressure. I mean. All we ask is that you set your lineups and you like put injured players in the IR and take like you know healthy players outside of the IR in a reasonable way. We're not ask- we're not saying like oh we're going to be like watching you so carefully and oh you didn't make an ad drop this week you're clearly not being active. Like no, we just want you to like make it clear that you're somewhat paying attention. But anyways, okay, let's get to the show and we're going to start with injuries. We're going to start in Vancouver. Brian Thatcher Demko is out six weeks with a lower body injury he suffered versus Florida. Demko has stunk this year, so I think any Demko manager. Probably probably was just like oh phew like obviously you know first you know, hope he's healthy and gonna live a healthy happy life with his family blah 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 like everything i said but then i think the next thing they're thinking is i've been like stressing about whether or not to drop this guy for the past few weeks like basically since the start of the season now i could just stash him in ir not stress about it. i could finally go grab that goalie out of free agency that i've been eyeing that i didn't have room for so i can't imagine anyone is too upset about this this guy still only one game with less than three goals against all season so hopefully he takes this time to heal this lower body injury and also to heal his brain and fi- figure out where where is the Thatcher Demko from last year that we grew to know and love so much? Um, anyways, maybe if you're doing very well in fantasy, maybe you time to trade for Thatcher Demko. If you are thinking that maybe he is, you know, going to like find his old game, you know, like maybe you can give, I, I'm assuming the price is peanuts, which I'd imagine, imagine it should be. Maybe now you, you trade for Demko, stash him in your IR. Maybe one day you'll be happy that you did. Either way, obviously we need to talk about the new guy that's going to be taking over. I'd imagine it's Spencer Martin, who's been the backup. It's already kind of challenging Demko for starts this season. Uh, he came in obviously on Saturday and stopped 12 of 14 in relief in, in the 5-1 loss. Uh, he got the three two win or sorry that was on thursday then he got the three two win on saturday versus arizona stopping 21 of 23 overall in the season spencer martin's been decent right 901 save percentage much better than demko anyways uh i feel like if a goalie's over 900 that's good because we've got a lot of goalies we're going to talk about that have been below 900 but anyways also he has seven wins in 11 games so that's good the backup that's been called up now is colin delia who doesn't strike me as i mean you never know but delia doesn't strike me as someone that i'd be worried about him like stealing starts like we're gonna get to washington in a bit i feel like the guy coming up may actually challenge charlie lindgren for starts but i feel like in this but what do i know but i think spencer martin is probably going to be a volume goalie moving forward for these next six weeks or whatever it is that demko is out so of course brian the question is are we into him like is spencer martin someone that we should be telling people to go rush and grab if you need a goalie or is he just going to be terrible like demko was he has not been terrible like Demko has been. And Demko himself said a few stinkers since we last talked of him. And remember my line, I was saying Demko's fine at five on five. He's just getting crushed while shorthanded. Well, after his last few outings, Demko is now also doing poorly at five on five. He did badly enough that it's now he's now a fair deal below his expected number. Not a great deal, but a fair deal and much more than we'd expect to ever see Thatcher Demko under uh, performing under his expected save percentage number. Spencer Martin, for his part, he's been playing at his expected save percentage. So you're seeing average NHL goaltending there, which is better than what Demko's providing, right? That's over and above what the Canucks have seen so far from their uh, franchise goalie. And uh, Martin's also doing pretty well shorthanded too. So he's playing well at five on five, also without the pitfalls of Demko on the penalty kill. So I figure Spencer Martin is 
going to get some time in. We'll see how he holds up. Um, With 11 appearances already this season, this is officially Spencer Martin's uh, busiest NHL season ever. He's 27 years old. Last year, he got into six games. He started six times, six quality starts from Spencer Martin, right? Remember, we were talking about him, and it's one of the reasons why the Canucks felt comfortable Moving on from Mikey DiPietro, thinking that okay, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go with Demko and Martin. That's that's who we want. Um, but uh, last season for Spencer Martin was his first NHL action since age 21. When of course, Elon, we all remember the three starts Spencer Martin had for Colorado. Yeah, they drafted him <laughs> in 2016-17. Yeah, third round, 63rd overall back in 2013. Just to bring you back there for context, that was the uh, that was the McKinnon Barkov one two year. Goalies drafted that year. Not a, not a good year for goalies. Uh, Zach Fucal at 36. Tristan Jari at 44. A guy I I think I already for, forget his first name. Might have been Philippe De Rosier at 54th. Eric Comrie 59th, who still might be coming into his own. UC Saros, 99th overall. Why are you saying this is not a good year for goalies? You're throwing out like a bunch of good goalies here. Yeah. Well, there were just a bunch of randoms, but there are always a bunch of randoms. Cal Peterson, 129th. And of course, Anthony Broder drafted by New Jersey with the uh, fourth last pick of the draft at 208th. Just two spots after Mackenzie Weaker went, it figures. Anyway, I mean, we look at uh, Comrie and Cal Peterson specifically like Jari and Saros have established themselves Comrie and Peterson are establishing themselves so there's still room for Spencer Martin to show he may be an NHL goalie is what I take from this he's had a long AHL career about 175 games of experience in the minors nothing really stands out from his time there but I guess Vancouver decided he was good enough to back up which means he's good enough to start this year uh Colin Delia doesn't seem like a threat although he is a 904 career goalie over uh, four seasons or parts of four seasons with Chicago spread out over four or five years. This year, uh, the Rancho Cucamonga native, that's where Colin Delia was born, uh, is an 884 save percentage in eight games with Abbotsford of the AHL. So I feel like this is a situation where Vancouver would be very happy for Spencer Martin to run with it. Delia is not incapable of stepping in for a start every other game or once every three games if Martin isn't handling it. But we'll see if one of these guys, if I have faith that one of these guys, if I want to bet on one of these guys getting volume the rest of the way, it's obviously going to be the guy who already got the NHL job, which is Spencer Martin. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't expect uh, the Rancho Cucamonga native to be a workaholic in net this season. Uh, Okay, by the way, uh, last week we talked about Brock Besser and how he may be a good guy to sell on the third line. Kind of a roller coaster since then. Like After that, he got uh, promoted to a top line with Miller and Horvat. And I tweeted, being like, okay, ignore what I said about Besser being on the third line. Like This is a great spot for him. Uh, Then, all of a sudden, a couple games later, he was threatened with a healthy scratch. It was kind of like a Kalen Addison situation from a couple weeks ago. He was It it was announced that Besser wasn't going to play. Then at the very last second Dakota Joshua who was going to be his replacement he wasn't able to play so Besser did play and then he scored the goal he scored a big goal the game tying goal in the third assisted by Elias Pettersson Uh, so I guess he was back on a good line at least for that part of the game Uh, also turned out it was hockey fights cancer night which is a you know close to Besser since his dad had that long battle with cancer so it's probably like a special night for him so great that he was able to get into the game and have this big night um Anyway, moving forward, who, who knows? Like, I don't know. I'm going to be watching the line combos in Vancouver. Is he going to be playing with Garland and Drees? Or is he going to be playing with Patterson? Or is he going to be playing with Miller and Horvat? Like, I guess watch gamedaytweets.com to see. But in the meantime, like last week, Brian, you said Besser is definitely a guy you should sell because he was coming off a hot streak and maybe still had a lot of value. But we were worried about him getting bumped down the lineup. Is he still a sell? Or now do we reset and say, okay, he scored this goal. You know, he maybe he learned his lesson. Now, now we get back to the Besser that we thought we were drafting. Brock Besser is always a guy that you want to reset on anytime something goes well from him. Like, you can't ever count the guy out. And as we were talking about on our Discord server earlier this week, like, how rare is it that we see, like, the kind of fall from grace and inconsistency Besser has had? You know, a 30-goal score, emerged in his sophomore season, looked like a world beater. Remember his third season? It was like, oh, yeah, he's put on weight. He's going to do even better this year. And he just has never been the same since that second year in the league. And since then, he's just been, like, going from doghouse to doghouse with different coaches now. And it's uh, like being healthy scratch, too. This is a it's almost reminding me of a Patrick Liney situation. And, you know, I that's turned out well. 
Yeah, in a new in a new destination, right? And Alex Semin is another name that also comes to mind. You know, I feel like always, always Semin's always on my mind. <laughs> I, you know, and it's it's an easy, it's low hanging fruit for me to say that if Brock Besser was not like American or Canadian, we'd be like he'd be labeled an enigma with the career we've seen from him so far. And so one thing that we were that we noticed when we were talking about him on the Discord server, and I think someone shared a player card from Jay Fresh showing how his defense has just gone straight down the tubes which is also that's almost like weirder to me than your offense going like because offense is like constantly harder as players get the book on you and figure out how to stop you and maybe you're injured so like I have a lot of ways to explain a drop in offense but Besser becoming just a defensive non worse than a non-entity just such so damaging to his team and in such a drastic downfall I I can't really understand or explain it. So there's still a a hill for him to climb, but maybe this is the start of that climb. But he's going to have to figure out the defensive aspect first. So keep an eye on his ice time, how his coach seems to be approaching him. And that's going to be a lot about how Brock Besser's season goes. But as I mentioned last week too, the offensive markers just aren't there or as exciting as they have been in the past either. Yeah. Okay. And I guess since we'll just make this the Vancouver Canucks, I do have a lot to get to. I do want to mention one quick thing. I want to do a quick check in on Quinn Hughes while we're here. He had two power play assists on Saturday that brought him to no goals and 23 assists on the season in 21 games. Pretty rare to see a point per game player with no goals. But here we go. A 90 point pace so far for Quinn Hughes. He also only has one hit. Uh, he's averaging two shots per game, uh, which isn't that great. You know, two blocks per game. Not, not, that's not so bad. Uh, he's probably the player with like the most varying fantasy value, depending on your league settings. Like in a points only league, he's actually tied for fifth among D in total points. If, you, if like goals aren't worth more than assists, it's just straight up a point is a point. Uh, Brian, do you want to try to guess who are the four defensemen? ahead of uh, Quinn Hughes. It's it's a list that maybe we wouldn't have expected going into the year, that's for sure. I can't even... Hit me with the list. Well, give me... You can name one. You saw him last night, and you had a great time watching him do so well. Yeah, Eric Carlson. Eric I, like, Carlson. I can name a Number bunch one. of guys ahead of him, but I just... I yeah. Just, yeah. So, Nate, take another guess. There's, there's four... There's three more okay, how about Sergachev? Tied. Tied with him. Okay. Uh, Petrangelo? Uh, no, behind. Okay. Well, hmm. I don't know if this Brent is fine. Burns? I don't know. Let me know when you want to stop. <laughs> Burns. Brent, that's my last guess is Brent Burns. No, he's uh, pretty far behind. Burns has 18 points. Uh, Quinn Hughes has 23. Tied with Sergachev and Kale McCarr. They also oh, have 23 obviously. points. Yeah. Uh, that, so no, that wasn't even one of the answers. Oh. Uh, the people ahead of him, Eric Carlson, leads the defenseman in points with 33. That's uh, before today's game. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin also playing today. He's next mm-hmm. with 28. Mm-hmm. Adam Fox, 27. And then, of course, Josh Morrissey. Of course, and Josh fourth Norrissey. place. Josh Norrissey. 25 points. Yeah. Josh Ke- Scorsese. <laughs> Norrissey. Scorsese. There's so, there's so many opportunities. <laughs> but it, it's been a really great season. For, that's how great a season it's been for Quinn Hughes. That Of all the guys we would have expected to have a great one, he is delivering by staying in the top five of the group, right? One thing to mention about him is, remember going into the season, he had this plan to shoot more this year, and it was going to make him oh, more, people saying that, more yeah. dangerous in fantasy. I think he said it. That plan has not materialized. I love, by the way, that Quinn Hughes has zero goals. I'd love to see him get 90 points with no goals. But And by his career shooting percentage, Hughes should probably have a couple of goals by now. But... He's still not shooting any more than he has in the past. Um, But hey, that doesn't matter if he's on a 90-point pace with no goals. If your league counts assists, power play assists, he is golden, as always, for you and your fantasy team. And if Quinn Hughes is still, without being a big shooter, making any kind of significant peripheral contribution, a top 20 defenseman in the Cupful, keeping Carlson Ultimate Page in Fantasy League, kkupfl.com for more info, that's still pretty great. It's still really great for a guy who, like I said, doesn't do, doesn't do much except one thing, but really well. I almost like feel like it's a little bit like, uh, like patronizing, you know, to be like, that's great. Good job, Quinn. You're in the top 20, like the top five uh, defensemen in points. He's 17th right now in average points per game among D and Kukupo, which just goes to show like, oh yeah, you really have to know your league settings when you're, that's why we get questions on Twitter sometimes. Like, should I take this player or this player? It's like. That's your league settings. It's kind of hard to say a lot of the time. Anyway, all right, next injury. All right, another goalie. Petr Mrazek suffered a groin injury in Saturday's game versus the Rangers. 
this is Petr Mrazek, right? So I don't know if we've gotten an announcement, an official announcement yet, but I'm going to predict he's going to be out a while. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out months, okay? And Alex Stalock is out. Uh, I don't know when he's coming back. I also predict that he won't be back for a while. This is, again, just a gut feeling, knowing these well, goalies and their history. We have a short update, thanks to Game Day Tweets, that uh, yeah. Mrazek's going to be at least a week, according to mm-hmm. Luke Richardson. At least a week, at most... A career, but no. Okay, good. Uh, ho- hopefully, he'll be fine and he'll be back and able to play with his kids one day. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got Arvid Soderblom. That's our Spencer Martin in in, in Chicago here. He's going to be your volume starter in Chicago. He stopped five of six in relief in the win over the Rangers yesterday. He's also having a pretty Spencer Martin esque season. A bit over nine hundred save percentage, nine oh four save percentage on the season, though in in wins department not as much. Only two wins on the year. Uh, so looking forward, looks like I'm guessing a month. Let's say the both of them. Well, well, Martin, we already know, is going to be at least six weeks. Uh, oh, but I guess I should mention the backup. Jackson Stauber, someone who I've never heard of. He's been called up to be the backup in Chicago. So I think similar to Colin Delia, not someone I expect to, you know, challenge and make it 50-50 unless things go really crazy. I'd imagine Soderblom is going to play a lot, just like Spencer Martin. So if you were choosing between the two, you need a goalie. This is your opportunity. People in fantasy who didn't get a good goalie and now they, you know, or they just lost someone to injury. Here's your chance to get a volume starter on Vancouver or Chicago. Brian, are you interested in either of these guys? Like, who, Or who would you take more? Uh, it's a really good question, and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at who has played better defensively over the last month, and actually Chicago and Vancouver are 30th and 31st uh, in, in expected goals against per 60 minutes. Like, it's, it's not good uh, at five on five for them. The only team worse than both of them, and by a long shot, by the way, sorry, John Gibson, it's your Anaheim Ducks who just hang you out to dry on a nightly basis. Uh, but Soderblom looks decent at five on five. Lots of volume for him. I, I, I don't expect much different from Morazic, but if anything... I would expect maybe a little better. Like this could be a good opportunity to grab a volume starter who may be able to withstand uh, the attacks that the Chicago crease faces night in, night out. Um, Between him and Martin, Elon, it's probably a a push. I might prefer Spencer Martin just because Vancouver seems to have more goal scoring uh, capacity. But at the same time, uh, like Soderblom has the higher pedigree. So I, I think it's pretty... Pretty safe to say. And uh, I would say that Jackson Stauber, though, is, is less of a threat even than Colin Delia. You may remember Jackson's dad, Rob. Does that, does that name ring a bell, Elon? Mm, a little. It, it, he was a goalie. I can't tell if you're... Yeah. He played He played very little for the Kings as a backup goalie over a 16-year career at where he only played 62 NHL games. Um, but Jackson... The, the actual player we're talking about. He put up good numbers for Providence in uh, Hockey East Division One in collegiate hockey last season. Undrafted 23-year-old Stauber's in 892 in six AHL games so far as a pro. I don't see why you'd get into too many games unless Chicago is just hanging Soderblom out to dry all the time, in which case I wouldn't want Jackson Stauber either. So yeah, Soderblom or Martin, not big on Delia or Stauber. And I think I'll, I'll lean Martin over Soderblom. What do you think? Yeah, I think I'll go Spencer Martin, especially if your league counts wins. Not that the Canucks are amazing, but I think they'll still win more than Chicago. Though Chicago, like, has some people getting points. Like, I guess we should call out uh, Patrick Kane. He just had a big game on Saturday, one goal and two assists. He's up to 20 points in 23 games. Obviously, this this isn't a pace we expect to see from Patrick Kane, but nice to see he's not, you know, doing terribly. You know, we're, we're looking at now around a 70-ish point pace. Do you think he gets to point per game? Uh, for Like, let's say he stays on Chicago the rest of the year. Do you think he gets to point per game, or do you think it's going to end up around? this like 70 75 you don't need to like dive deep into this i'm just curious to get a, a gut check on patrick kane at this point yeah well one thing that's going well for kane is that the top power play unit is seeing a huge share of the power play time in chicago lately basically 80 percent of the power play time on ice for chicago is going to the top unit over the last couple of weeks that's a bit of a change from earlier this season uh that offsets the fact that kane is seeing less time at five on five on average i think uh you know i, I think some sh- shooting percentage regression could get kane above a 71 point pace but there's also so much working against him in Chicago I think 80 would be possible and definitely a success for Patrick Kane but I might try and sell high on this run he's on like I'd rather have someone stable and 75 plus especially once Kane is dealt I know you said if he's on Chicago but if we assume he's dealt to a team where he plays a little less of a role then I would definitely put him you know closer to 70 or 75 than oh even 80 
I would have. Uh, I think most people are assuming that if he gets dealt, that's good news for him because he'll play with really awesome yeah, players. Yeah, but so you, like we've Claude talked Giroux. about this before, though. Like usually, when you're a superstar and you get traded, you're you're not in the starting yeah. role anymore because you go to a cup contending team that isn't can adding really the say, best piece on their roster. Can you say usually when you're talking about like Patrick Kane? Yeah. This is a real superstar. Like yeah. this is a guy who the, could put a team on his back. Like he'll wherever he gets traded, there's like a really good chance he becomes the best player on the team. You know, yeah, not the, just like a piece. The only comp that I can think of offhand is Rick Nash when Columbus traded him, like at the height of his you know uh, capabilities, and he went. I don't even remember now. Was it to Boston? He was a non-factor though. After sure. he was traded, it was really disappointing. Yeah, I know Claude Giroux last year was a lot was really awesome in Florida. And so I, I don't know. I think that he'll be good. I think it would be good news for him to get traded. I'm hoping he does get traded. I did see like a news report that he was saying how he wants to maybe stay in Chicago to chase some like franchise records. It's like, get, get out of here with that. Who cares? Go help my fantasy team somewhere else. But I get Brian thinks I, I'm better off with him staying here. Uh, I'll also mention Max Domi. By the way, Chicago's playing today. So, uh, you know, I, I don't have uh, the Sunday results. I'm going to talk about these guys. But uh, Max Domi, huge hot streak going into today. Two goals and an assist versus the Rangers. Uh, two of them on the power play. A two power play goals versus Edmonton in the 5-4 loss earlier this week. So Max Domi just cashing in on that power play that Brian was talking about. He's also had five shots in each of his last couple games. He was in free agency in like, you know, my two main leagues and he's been taken this week and probably just because of the weekend schedule. But I think I may have lost my last chance to get him. Like, or maybe I'm wrong. Like, do you think that I'm going to be seeing Max Domi back in free agency sometime soon? Or do you think this is it? I, I missed my chance to get this guy who's, you know, actually having a really strong season over in Chicago. I'd be really surprised if Domi is rostered the rest of the season and if he's dropped you probably won't be interested in him very much because he's dropped because this run has petered out but he is on max domi on a legit run right now a lot of sit start decisions in our discord server on saturday where people were asking you know comparing him to various different players should i sit him or start him he was a fringe choice for a lot of people on a busy saturday and initially you know the start of the day i'm like yeah like probably not max domi but i looked into him again before i answered any of the questions and he's been doing really well lately and I mostly advise start because one thing Domi's been doing is putting up shots and that's something he's never really done over the course of his career he's basically been in Quinn Hughes shooting territory for most of it really and Max Domi at five on five is basically on a second line I guess with Philip Kurshev and Taylor Radish but is on the top power play unit um, and that's where he's getting shots off helping Domi to four power play goals on uh, 10 total shots in his last two games. So I like Domi as a short-term guy to run out this hot streak with. Maybe someone you replace, you know, if you're still hanging on to Velarde for some reason, or if you were still hanging on to him before, like Domi seems like a good replacement for someone who could do the same thing. But I think he uh, won't keep on this 68-point pace for the rest of the season. I think there will be a time in the not-so-distant future where he's not even rosterable. So I wouldn't beat yourself up, Elon, for thinking you've lost a season-long hold candidate in Max Domi. But let's watch and see. If these shots continue, I might change my tune. Yeah, okay. We'll have to bring him up again next week and see if you disagree. So you're saying if you have him, enjoy the ride, but uh, don't go trading for him or anything crazy like that. But okay. Uh, another goalie injury to talk about. Darcy Kemper left yesterday's game for Washington versus Calgary in the second. Uh, I saw a tweet being like, maybe it was a concussion spotter. But anyways, apparently uh, Washington has called up uh, this guy. Hunter Shepard. Hunter Shepard. Hunter who is Shepherd. not a I'd never heard of him, of course. His, but both if, names if you, are occupations. <laughs> there's one cool Hunter, thing about him. Hunter, Shepard, backup goalie. I get it. But maybe is he the backup goalie? Because here's my question. Or here's my like observation. Hunter Shepard just won the AHL Goalie of the Month award for what? November. Whoa. He's, He's really been having an amazing season over in the AHL. I was seeing tweets saying that Hunter Shepard is the first Washington Capitals, I guess, what do you call it, property? Like, you know, ro- like not rostered, but first Washington Capitals organization goalie to win that award since Braden Holpe, like 10 years ago. So I don't know. All of a sudden now, Darcy Camper's injured. We don't know if it's serious or not. But the backup, this is not, to me, a Chicago or Vancouver situation where I think that Soderblom and Spencer Martin are like pretty decent and they're going to like probably just play the game. Like Charlie Lindgren has not been very decent. He led in two goals on nine shots in relief in the 5-2 loss to Calgary. He hasn't really lived up to those awesome five games in St. Louis last year. Like I was kind of surprised when Washington made Charlie Lindgren their backup, a guy who hasn't even been in the league for a while. Uh, so far on the season, 2-3-2 two, two, with an 890 save percentage in his eight appearances. 
So I don't know. To me, Charlie Lindgren isn't that special. And we got this Hunter Shepard, two occupation man here with uh, coming off, you know, the best streak of any goalie in the AHL last month. So I don't know. I think in the short term, I think this Hunter Shepard might be someone to watch. But obviously, this is just a hunch based on these things I've said. Uh, what do you think? You look very skeptical that there's going to be any. You think Charlie Lindgren's about to get a, a run of games of Kemper's out a while, right? I mean, I think that would be Washington's first plan for the same reason I said about Spencer Martin. And it's a little different in Washington. Like, they signed Charlie Lindgren to a three-year contract that's for $1.1 million a year, which is clearly like, hey, play backup for us for a few years. And maybe push. Um, but... Yeah, Lindgren's uh, not really pushing very hard, even with the opportunity. He's never played a whole lot over the course of his career. Seven years uh, since Lindgren broke into the league and has just played 37 games in that time. His busiest season was back in 2017-18, where he played 14 games with Montreal, where he looked good. And I remember initially discounting him, and then he started going off, and I was sad that I didn't have him on any of my rosters. Since then, Lindgren has looked both good and bad in limited action. I I think there could be some Something here last season, Lindgren had goalie of the month type numbers playing with AHL Springfield, 925 save percentage in 34 games, uh, played uh, heavily on this Springfield team that lost in the Calder Cup finals in the AHL. Like, I'd, I'd give him a shot. Um, if you want to know his pedigree, there isn't much of one. Undrafted, turns 29 years old in a couple weeks, which doesn't differentiate him so much from Hunter Shepard, who is undrafted with uh, and is. Tr- just turned 27 a month ago, but this is the first taste of the NHL he's ever had. In fact, he played the majority of last season in the ECHL. But the thing with Hunter Shepard is, like, I'm looking at his career numbers here, going back to uh, his time in, in the National Collegiate Hockey Conference in, in Division One of college hockey. He's never had a bad number. Like, never. The lowest number I see at any level of hockey Aside from the very first, I'm going to ignore 2014-15. But since then, he's never had below a 917 save percentage, but he's also never played very much. So between college and the ECHL and the AHL, I don't know, this guy's a... if we, if we, these are Give like him a shot. These are like Igor Shostyorkin KHL type numbers that I'm seeing. It's like he's never been bad. So yeah, I am... I'm curious. I am legitimately curious to see what this guy can do and the way Lindgren's going. I don't see why not uh, Why not give him a chance. By the way, fellow uh, 2013 drafted uh, Zach Foucault did not get the call up from Washington. Yeah. He's been an 895 as the presumptive starter in their AHL system, but has not been delivering. No, it's, uh, it's Shepard time. You know, I'm looking at this uh, AHL goalie of the month history. There's some Nate. Like, Who's okay, in there? Go back. Okay, like back to 2019-20 because I want to get some goalies that now are like these are all goalies that There's are like in the NHL. Thirty up. months here, so let's yeah. Well, if I tell you the goalies now in the past few months, you will obviously have not heard of them because they're AHL goalies. Yeah. But if we go back a couple years, okay, you know we're looking at Igor Shostyorkin, Casey DeSmith, Oscar Dank, so that's someone who's not in the NHL, the Philip Gustafsson and Kapo Kakinen. So all NHL goalies now except for one. Then in 2020-21, I guess it was a shortened season, but I'm seeing Logan Thompson and Stuart Skinner current nhl goalies and then well, this past yeah. season so i'm just saying like it's like yeah. it, it's not like no it's not like the kind of award where you'll just be like whatever everyone wins that you know <laughs> that, you look back fair. a couple of years ago and we're seeing like all nhl goalies now that won that if award you're, if you're a goalie of the month in the hl that's how you become an nhl goalie well playing, exactly by playing well doesn't mean so you're good just, in the, the nhl is the is part two of the question yeah, well, I, hey, I'm just responding to you scoffed when I said he was the HL goalie oh. of the month, like saying how this is like a garbage thing to say. Like, why waste why waste breath? <laughs> no, I such loved a comment. it. I loved it. It's I laughed because it's I think it's the first time we've ever noted the goalie, the AHL goalie of the month. This oh, could well, be a new go. statistical data point for us to keep an eye on. Okay, Brian. Uh, and since we're on Washington, I'll just mention quickly goals in two straight games for Connor Sherry playing on the top line with Stroman, Ovi. Uh, we don't need to... He, he, you know how he is. He's, all, he's always the same, right? He's like a decent stream. And if, if Washington has a good schedule, next week Washington has a good schedule. They play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Friday's a busy day, so I don't know if Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme is going to call that a stream of Gami. Oh, I just realized I haven't listened to Stream Scheme yet. That dropped on Saturday. Oh, I, I, I don't want really to listen to it. I forgot. Oh, man, I got to check that out. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if he called that a stream of Gami, but either way, Connor Sherry makes a good pickup for next week. But Brian, okay, I got one more goalie to talk about uh you know that's not exactly an injury and you brought him up already cal peterson we'll we'll look at what's going on in la and then we'll get to some other injuries in detroit and pittsburgh i'm sure people know who we're talking about i actually got a lot of injuries left to go so we should probably speed this up a little bit we'll get to all that in just a sec you're listening to keeping carlson all right we are back with part two 
of part one of today's episode of Keeping Carlson, number 464. And we're still just talking injuries here, though this is not an injury. But Brian, like I said, I want to go to L.A. now, talk about Cal Peterson being sent down. Uh, ben and Lewis already talked about this on Thursday, so I don't need to dive too deep. Uh, but I'll just mention Cal Peterson did have a good game. He led only one goal in Ontario Reigns last game. So, you know, I, I'd imagine the purpose of his being sent down is like, it's not like L.A. is giving up on him forever, right? They he, want him to find his game and, and come back. He could be the next AHL goalie of the month. I mean, I'm for his sake, I'm sure he's hoping that it doesn't come to that and he gets called up sooner. But yeah, maybe if he stays there, he could be, especially now that Hunter Shepard's in the NHL. So that's less competition. Uh, meanwhile, Jonathan Quick continues to struggle, right? He led in four versus Carolina on Saturday in the 4-2 loss. Jonathan Quick has started the last five games for LA and he hasn't been good. So I wonder if, you know, just to throw out all these, this is the episode, Brian, when you're naming the episode, I know you like to do a pun about a song or some like saying or something, but you could also just call it like no, Brian and Elon talk about no-name goalies because I'm going to throw out Phoenix Copley as someone who is now on the team as the backup to a goalie, Jonathan Quick, who clearly needs a break and isn't doing well. So I wonder if A, is Phoenix Copley going to get a game in soon? And B, do you think he's someone that could potentially pull like a Vili Husso and come up from the minors and end up stealing the job for a bit? I'm not going to rule anything out because Jonathan Quick has been bad, right? Like he has been ripe for the picking since, I don't know, a month into the season and for the last few years now as well, Jonathan Quick has been pretty ripe for the picking and Cal Peterson hasn't picked him. So let's see if Phoenix Copley can come in and do something. Elon, how old do you think Phoenix Copley is? I know how old he is oh, okay. because I picked him up in my dynasty league. He's like 32 or something, he's, 31. He's 30. But like, I feel like I remember talking about him a long time ago. I, it just made me feel old. He's from North Pole, <laughs> Alaska, by the way. A lot of fun goalie origin stories here. Uh, but Copley's a, an undrafted journeyman at this point. You know, he, he's, he's actually always looked half decent in the 31 NHL games he's played over the course of his seven-year career. So we'll see. And the bar for beating Jonathan Quick is not that high, except that he's, like, the franchise love, like, they they love him in L.A., but I'm sure they'll love a goalie who can come in and stop a few more pucks. So I think there is a there is a chance that Phoenix Copley can come in and do something here. Uh, ranked against, uh, you want to you try and rank the guys? I feel like we need a running list here. We've got Copley, we've got Lindgren, Shepard, Martin, Soderblom. Mm-hmm. I might put him third on that list behind um behind martin and soderblom yeah perhaps i guess like we didn't give enough respect to charlie lindgren i was like right away let's talk about hunter shepherd just because i was excited about it like probably he's third since he is an actual backup goalie that now should get a shot at being the starter also darcy kemper though might not be out very long right we don't even have a update on him uh but yeah sure throw <laughs> i don't think that anyone should add phoenix copley no, beyond maybe a spot start but any, anything could happen okay any, anything could happen and and peterson strings together a few good games in the hl he's back up yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the Kings switched the lines around in that loss to Carolina. Uh, midway through the game, Adrian Campe got bumped to the third line, and Arthur Kaliev played a bit with Kopitar and Fiala. They didn't score at even strength, but Kaliev got another power play goal from the second power play. He's got seven power play goals this season from power play two. I don't know if this means LA should be playing the second power play more, or if this just means they need to move Kaliev to the top power play to bump Kempe from there as well because clearly this guy's good at scoring with a man advantage uh, anyways I'm very interested to see what LA's lines are going to be next game because a that'll be interesting about Kempe we already talked about him slumping last episode and he actually kind of responded he had three points in three games since we last talked about him but of course if he's going to be going to the third line this is like a Brock Besser situation where maybe you try to trade him now uh, before people start to realize that he's not going to be able to keep up this recent little run uh, so I yeah I'm curious to get your thoughts on if, if Kempe is someone you're nervous about and on the other side Kaliev imagine if he gets to hold on to that he's been having a really good season and just no one's been interested in rostering him in a lot of leagues because why would you want to roster a line four or line three and pp2 guy but all of a sudden if he's line one with Kopitar and Fiala yeah definitely give me Kaliev I'd I'd be very interested though of course another uh I guess thing out there to be keeping in mind is that Alex Iafalo has been practicing and could come back soon so a lot of moving parts potentially over in LA. Shams actually asked us to bring up here how worried should Kempe managers be. So Brian, putting this all together, Kempe, Kaliev, Alex Iafalo. Who are you into? Who are you not into? What do you think? Yeah, so Kempe, you know, I think he's more useful to the Kings on the top line than the third line. And he's five months removed from a four-year, $5.5 million deal. So I think I, I think it's likely he finds his way back up. The biggest concern is Kaliev 
if he looks good up there, which he's looked good in limited time on the power play, uh, somehow continuously producing from the second unit and uh, and the fourth line. Uh, but, you know, I, again, talked on our Discord server about him earlier this week. I pinged, actually, we have a really great feature where if you want to know about a specific player on a team that you don't get to see that much, you can actually tag everyone in the server who's identified themselves as a as a fan of that team. So I pinged all the Kings fans and said, Hey, like, what do you, what do you guys see in Kaliev? And the, the answer was like, yeah, bursts, bursts of things that look good. Hasn't put the whole game together yet, but also it's like a chicken or egg question. He also hasn't had the deployment. So we'll see if he can run away with a really great deployment situation. That would be bad news for Campe. Um, I would like to have him while he's on the top line in case he does run away. Like not a very, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it's a risky play. It, like I, well, it's not so. Ri- I, hmm. Let me put it, like it's not even that risky because he's no. even doing well from the bottom lines. <laughs> yeah, it, we, we, right. But but when he shouldn't be, I, I'm just saying like I wouldn't I wouldn't race to be like oh top line Cali if he's sticking there for the year. But there is an oh, outside sure, chance yeah. that that he can hold on there a little longer than we expect. But I I assume the Kings want to see Kempe up there. And you mentioned you notice I haven't mentioned Alex Iafalo's name once in this conversation. It's because I don't think he's in it. I don't think there's a chance that he ends up on the top line. Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, or he could bump someone from the second. I don't know. I guess not from the second line. That second line is that locked second in. line. You there's like the most untouchable line in the whole NHL. Yeah, Na- name me a line less likely to be broken up than oh, Deneau, Moore, and Arvidsson. Maybe that top line on Montreal. I don't know. St. Louis really likes those three together. That's, like, yeah. that's a good thought. But anyways, but that, that line's only been around for like a month or two. Like this uh, second line on LA has been around since midway through last season. Never a change. Uh, all right. By the way, I'm kicking myself. Brian, you always, whenever I tell you about all these players that I missed out on, you always tell me that I shouldn't worry about it. I, I didn't make a bad choice. Though you told me la- like uh, last episode or the one before, I was like, I really blew it dropping uh, Archery Lekkonen uh, when I did. He was like doing, so, like he's doing so amazing. Blah, blah. And you were like, don't worry. Like you, you had good reason to. Like they had yeah. a bad schedule that week. And then people on the Discord were like, Brian, no, it was a bad decision. <laughs> You shouldn't have dropped him. Well, like, it was, it, of course, it was a bad decision because he's been great. All I, all I did was help rationalize your thinking and mind at the time. We but did. I, I'm just gonna tell you before I bring up this next guy, it's okay for you to tell me I effed up. Like I'm not, I don't, <laughs> don't try to like you know make my make my feelings okay. Like just give me your honest opinion because I'm kicking myself for dropping Sean Dursey. And I had him in like both of my major leagues and the same ones that I could have had Max Domi in, and I, I had him. Then he was doing well. I was happy with him. Then at one point, he went cold for a bit. And I was like, all right, I guess I don't need this guy. Drop Sean Dursey. Dude's on fire now. Seven points his last five games. He's up to 16 points in 24 games on the season for a 55-point pace. Feels to me like a clear season hold at this point in a league like the Cupful. I can't believe I dropped him. I like need D. I streamed in Mark, or not Mark Stone, Michael Stone, his brother, last week because I needed D. And I thought he looked interesting. Imagine if I just kept Sean Dursey. The face palm. Uh, yeah, Elon, I'm sorry to say, but holy cow, did you F this one? No, I actually don't think you did. I think it was uh, like, oh. th- yeah, I know. I know. And you're rolling your eyes. Uh, Sean Jersey has been someone I've been low on the whole like people have been high on going into the season. And I, I, I haven't been able to get on board the Jersey train. Here's how we did it. Elon, he, has, he had a power play point in five straight games. He has a power like this is a running streak. He's on five consecutive games of power play points from the second unit. So now Jersey is averaging one power play point every three games with second unit time, eight power play points in 24 games. That should be like a season long 82 game total from the second unit. So I think he's overperforming there. He's also scored thrice on 24 shots. That's a three times as many goals as Jersey should probably have. I, you know, I'm, I know I'm always low on him, but I just, I don't see a ton there. I think he's an opportunistic guy. I think he's, He's got a, a you know a, a head up on a lot of other NHL defensemen who can't make something out of the rare opportunities they might get because of their deployment. So I think that's that's something Jersey seems to have going for him. But if I'm like if I'm sensing your FOMO, Elon, I'm offering you Sean Jersey. Like, what would you pay me from your cupful team <laughs> if I put Sean Jersey on the table for him? I'll give you Michael Stone. Yes, yeah, you, <laughs> you, you were so excited about it. You thought you found this uh, this diamond in the rough with he Michael was doing Stone. really well, and then he came back from uh, injury. And he hasn't yeah, done anything. I don't know who do I have on my couple team. Okay, let me tell you who I would give you for Sean Dersey at this point. Maybe Barabanov. I think that's a pretty fair. Oh, I have JJ Moser. I'd give up JJ Moser for Sean Dersey. I think I'd rather Dersey. I would just take the guy producing yeah. between them both. Yeah, I would take Dersey. Yeah, Ryan Pulak. I'll take Dersey over Ryan Pulak. Me too. Yeah. 
You know that I've had Ryan Pulak on my roster all season, except for the game where he had four assists. I dropped him for that game. Then he had four assists. Then I added him back. <laughs> I didn't know you'd so. added him back. That's, that's this is like a couple seasons. Throwing good money after bad there. <laughs> I'd give Ilya Mikheyev for Sean Dursey. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're just naming a bunch of guys that shouldn't be rostered. Well, sucks to be me, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to I say? I can see why you're mad you missed on Dursey. <laughs> I would right. trade Luke Shen for Sean Dursey. Yeah, I that's, mean, me too. That's my rostered example. All right, a couple more injuries here that have already been discussed by Ben and Lewis on short shifts earlier this week, and Tyler Bertuzzi, and yes, Chris Letang, who we brought up at the start of the show. Uh, we should mention, related to Bertuzzi, that him being like out of the lineup or on a different line from Dylan Larkin, like, has it bothered Dylan Larkin? Eh? Like, it's kind of interesting. Like, Larkin and Bertuzzi had been together for so long and producing together. I kind of thought that Bertuzzi helped Larkin at least a little bit, but now, like, Larkin's assist in the loss to Vegas on Saturday brought Larkin to 26 points in 23 games on the season. That's a 93-point pace, which would be a career high. He's also shooting more than ever. Uh, Detroit is playing today, and Larkin doesn't have a point yet, actually. Detroit's up 4-2. At one point, I saw that Larkin scored. It must have been called off or something. Uh, People in the chat maybe could let me know. But yeah, Larkin, looking really good. Doesn't need Tyler Bertuzzi to do it. I remember we had an interview with Prashanth Iyer, and I I even recall him saying that, like, Detroit's definitely going to extend Bertuzzi. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. I feel like he even said that, like, Larkin and Bertuzzi are good together. But at this point, forget about Bertuzzi in terms of Larkin. Like, Do you think Larkin is going to be able to have this career year and put up these 90 points, regardless of if Bertuzzi's there or not? Like, do you believe in what you're seeing from Larkin so far? I believe in a lot of it. Dylan Larkin, by the way, has just one more power play point than Sean Dursey to drive that point home. And Larkin has been doing well on the power play. That's nine power play points. It looks really good. I think Larkin's line may be overperforming, and that might be why he's doing so well without uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. They're scoring nearly one actual goal per hour above their expected number, shooting 10.5% on the whole, which could keep up. I'm just not sure it will. You know, and if that number regresses, I would set Larkin's target to an 80-point season rather than the current 90-point pace he's on. But really, like, this is a good player, good year. I like what I'm seeing from him. And Prashant, initially, remember in the early interview years with him, he was like, you know, the, the he's going to be a great second-line center on a competitive Detroit team. He's since updated that take, right, to say Larkin mm-hmm. looks like a legit top-line centerman on a contending team. Um, here's, here's a callback to something earlier in the show. I would trade Patrick Kane for Dylan Larkin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. Remember I said like, I, trade Patrick Kane for someone more stable, like around a point per game pace already. If mm-hmm. you if you could pull that off, I'd do it. Yeah, I think so. I guess it's the position considerations, like depending on, you know, some people like tweeted us and are like, uh, they only have two center spots and there's no, be- like, or there's no utils. And so there's like all these amazing centers in free agency. So obviously you need to consider that. But yeah, I think in the couple, I, I might make that deal as well. I could see it going either way. Uh, good one, Brian. By the way, uh, now the second line center for a future Detroit Cup winning team is probably going to be the guy they drafted. I don't know, what is this guy's name? I draft. I got him in my dynasty league. That's why I'm. I'm hoping that that's the case. Oh, Marco Casper. That's it. He's hopefully the the second line center behind Dylan Larkin for a cup winning team in a couple of years. Uh, okay, uh, and then on Pittsburgh. Okay, Chris Letang. I mean, there's not much to say, right? Obviously, you want to get Jeff Petrie. Ben and Lewis covered that. I do want to mention something else on Pittsburgh, which is that in the last game, Ricard Raquel jumped to the top power play in the six two win over St. Louis, bumping Brian Rust. So Raquel is now on the line with Crosby and Gensel, and on the top power play with those two and Malkin. And Jeff Petrie. Uh, so, what, like, what a season. Like, this is going really well for Ricard Raquel. Actually, you know, when I say what a season, he only has a 49-point pace on the year, but I'm very excited for him going forward. I'm surprised he's so low. Like, he had no points in that game versus St. Louis. So I guess that didn't help. Uh, he did have five shots. Uh, he's in a great spot deployment-wise. Only 61% rostered on Yahoo. And like I said, only a 49-point pace. Got to imagine both of these numbers are going to rise if this deployment holds, right? Yeah, if this deployment holds, which we don't know how long this is going to work for Ricard Raquel. The last time he got the promotion to the top power play unit, Raquel lasted there for like three games. He put up a point on the power play, but also an eight shot and a five shot game. So that was really good. But on the whole, you can sense my skepticism, perhaps, that Raquel keeps Brian Rust out of this spot for very long. 
But in the meantime, I, w- I would go get him anyway. This isn't to to say don't do it because it might not last. Yeah, go get Ricard Raquel. You want someone playing on the top power play in Pittsburgh with Malkin and Kensel and Crosby. Get that guy. I love that Raquel has 18 shots in his last four games. You need to combine Raquel's previous nine games to find the 18 shots that came before these 18 shots in four games. So like, love Love to see Raquel in a good spot. His whole career, we've been like, if he's in a good spot with a good team, he could do damage. He's been a little disappointing in that respect. So I think he's had those opportunities already in Pittsburgh. Didn't do so much damage. Wasn't able to hold on to them. We'll see if this time goes any differently. Yeah, definitely. And in the meantime, it's very funny that Brian Rust got bumped from the top power play. This guy, that was the motivation he needed to finally have a really big night. He had a huge game on Saturday. One goal and three assists from his line with Zucker and Malkin. I think one of those points came also on the second power play, which almost makes me think like that's great that he did that. But also then it's just going to make the coach think that he made a smart decision and might as well leave him off the top power play, maybe give a boon to the second power play. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Ryan Russ now is like very interesting because on one hand, he broke that cold stretch. But on the second hand, his deployment is the worst ever, though. I guess you can't call it that bad if you're playing on a line with Malkin who's been amazing you know also Jason Zucker has been having a really great season he also had a multi-point game in that game versus St. Louis uh he's now up to 18 points in 23 games that's Jason Zucker for a 64 point pace ahead of Rust and Raquel by a significant amount so Brian if you were going to rank these three for total points by the end of the season assuming no injuries Raquel Rust Zucker what's your ranking there? Or is it just all really close? I'd go Rust, Zucker, Raquel would be the way I'd see going through. And I like Zucker ahead of Raquel because he he's looked good. I mean, he just finished a cold snap where he had one point in eight games, but he was a point per game player. Through his first 14 games this year, two and a half shots per game, four goals, 10 assists, 14 points. Um, but even while dry, Zucker was still putting two and a half shots on goal per game. He's having a really good shooting season, both in volume and threat. And actually, this is a really good threat level from Jason Zucker. He's back up to a high watermark for his career where we last saw him in his age 23 season uh, eight years ago with Minnesota, 2014-15. And that moment made us believe when Zucker was the tender age of 23 uh, that he could be a real goal scorer in the league. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of frustrating moments since then from Zucker, who's now in his age 31 season. But it's great to see these numbers back. And this is a really dangerous line he's on. Like this line, Malkin, Rust, and Zucker, really impressive numbers as a trio, the way they're dominating play and generating chances. So I like Zucker for like 55, 60 points. I see Raquel falling just just shy of those numbers, but he's going to need like actual power play sustained power play one production to get there and you know brian rust i i'll give him a long a a long leash i know it's it's no consolation to anybody struggling with him right now but hopefully um he's he's off the schneid with that performance on saturday night yeah i guess uh, (laughs) uh jason here in the chat which, by the way, is a perk for patrons. If you're a patron, keeping Carlson, you come hang out for our live shows. We really enjoy it. We've been having a lot of fun chatting and people helping us out even. Uh, Sham's actually, but by the way, but back to the Sean Dursey talk, he pointed out that maybe he's just like riding that Kaliev train. I talked about all those Kaliev power play goals. That's where Dursey's getting all of his power play assists, right, Brian? But anyways, like Jason, back to this Pittsburgh talk, he said Raquel Zucker Rust. That's where I was kind of leaning myself. I don't know. Like, I guess you're obviously higher on J- uh, Brian Rust than I am. I guess it could go either way, but especially because, you know, obviously uh, Evgeny Malkin, no jinx, but he's not one to generally play all season. So there's going to probably be a moment maybe where Rust is playing on a second line with, I don't know, someone else like Jeff Carter as a centerman. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about Raquel. But maybe I've just always been kind of a fan uh, of his. Me too. I, I would love I'm, I'm tempering my excitement. I've been let down too many times. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Let's go to Colorado. Another injury here. Arturi Lekkanen. The guy who at one point I dropped and then he went on an insane hot streak, which could only be ended by an injury, unfortunately, because he left Saturday's game against Boston with an upper body injury, which is a shame. He's been on such an amazing run. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, In the meantime, he joins, you know, Nichushkin, Landeskog, Rodriguez. Like Colorado is down a lot of their top end forwards, which maybe explains why they just got totally destroyed by Boston. Uh, and if you look at the lines, the guy who was playing on the top line with McKinnon and Rantanen after Lekkanen went down was a person named Jean-Luc Foodie. 
So uh, that's, I guess, an interesting spot. You know, you, you generally want to have the guy playing with McKinnon and Rantanen. Uh, then on the top power play, JT Comfer had already taken, I guess, Rodriguez's spot, which is really Nachushkin's spot, which is really <laughs> Landeskog's spot. I don't know. But anyways, Comfer had been there. And then Alex Newhook in this last game uh, got the spot on the top power play for uh, Lekkonen. So, Brian, I guess uh, now we got to look into some of these calls. Anyway, I don't know, for next week, if all these guys are still injured, apparently Nachushkin is going to be returning soon. So that's great. That's great news for him and for Colorado they could definitely use him at this point especially if Lekin is going to be out long term I don't think we have an update yet on how long Lekin is, is going to be out but in the meantime assuming all these guys are injured are we going to be recommending to grab either line one Jean-Luc Foodie or PP1 JT Comfer or Alex Newhook all of them could be worth a stream like I have nothing unique to say right like this is uh, if you're in a place where the abs generate offense from you're in a good spot so Jean-Luc Foodie he holds on to this top line. By the way, this guy's a really interesting family background. I don't know if you knew this, Elan, but Jean, Jean-Luc Foudy's mom, France, I'm guessing, or France, if it's really anglicized, was an Olympic mm-hmm. sprinter and uh, won silver in Los Angeles in 1984 in the 4x100 meter relay. Uh, Jean-Luc's father, Sean, is a CFL player drafted by the Ottawa <laughs> Rough Riders, won a Grey Cup with the BC Lions in 1994, retired after dislocating his shoulder seven times in a span of like two years so that that was a good reason to retire and his brother liam you might know him he plays in the nhl drafted 18th that, overall yeah he's like a columbus yeah uh, prospect yeah in yeah. 2018 he plays for columbus and jean-luc foodie was drafted 75th overall in 2020 by colorado uh, but he's never been like a scorer even in junior so i like i, I don't this this feels like uh, you know what this feels like to me maybe logan o'connor on the top line. I don't know if right. you remember that name from last year where like, yeah, for it, sure. it could work He's still out. around. <laughs> yeah, it, he is. But it, last year he was a frustrating stream because he seemed to have everything lined up to make it work out. And it was pretty random when things were going well and things weren't. Um, but foodie so far in the HL this year, 14 points in 18 games, third in team scoring behind a 34 year old and a 28 year old. So not prospects. So I guess that's why Jean-Luc Foodie has earned the look to join the Avs and um yeah I all like him and Newhook and Comfer all uh, I guess Rodriguez too all good streaming targets well he's injured yeah. oh Rodriguez right. is he's is one part of the injured of the guys yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah I, I agree with you like like maybe stream one in for a game don't expect it to last or for it to do like so amazing for you uh I'm, I, yeah i just googled france foodie and look i'm seeing family pictures of of this family yeah good for the parents here two very athletic people clearly an olympic sprinter and a football player both still in good shape even in their later days good genes so, <laughs> Nice. Uh, uh, Phil Torius asked on Discord, actually, before Lekkonen got hurt, Phil Torius was asking, with, Nush- with Nichushkin's near return, does Lekkonen get replaced by Nichushkin on the top line and or the top power play? And so I think the answer for that is maybe not the top line, because I think that Nichushkin wasn't on the top line before. And I think on the top power play, there's room for both of them, right? It could be Rantanen, McKinnon, Lekkonen, and Nichushkin. It's only when Landeskog comes back, that's when... And apparently he started skating. So like Colorado, I don't know if people remember, they're a very good team. Like when everyone's healthy, it'll be fun to see this team. at full. They're still like doing pretty well, probably just because of their amazing defense and these two, like, you know, superstars and McKinnon and Rantanen. But it'll be really fun to see if they ever, you know, get back to being at full strength. There are like a lot of good players that are injured right now. Yeah, no, totally. Absolutely. I, w- I would never look away from an av, but like you said, like an in's value is, is likely to hold as long as Landis Gog is out of the lineup. Okay, so next injury here. Philip Heedle missed Saturday's game for, for the Rangers with a lower body injury. You may be thinking, hey, why are you talking about Philip Heedle, like a bottom of the roster guy? Actually, no. Okay, Philip Heedle recently had been centering Panarin's line for a couple games. It would, Vincent Trocek had been bumped to the third line. Then in this game on Saturday, Trocek went back to the second line to play with Panarin. Didn't go that well. Uh, the Rangers got beaten by Chicago, 5-2. to two. Uh, It was Halak playing. Maybe that had played a part of it, but you should be able to beat Chicago if you're the New York Rangers. Um, so I don't know. And Vincent Trocek, I don't know. I wonder if he's on borrowed time at this point. Maybe while Heedle is out, like they'll have no choice but to play Trocek on line two. But he's had such a big fall after a strong start to the season. Like I'm counting only six points in the last 17 games for Vincent Trocek. Five of those six, by the way, were from his top power play spot. So at even strength, you're not getting anything from 
from Vincent Trocek. And obviously that will be less likely to continue if he's bumped to line three like he was before this heedle injury. So we had a question from Alyssa. At what point does Trocek become droppable in shallower leagues, like 12-team leagues? And why did I have to draft him on almost all of my teams? Frustrating guy. Like he's Trocek has always been frustrating, right? He's always, if Trocek giveth, Trocek taketh away. Like the, And the thing with Vincent Trocek is he seems to only suck in ways that numbers don't always show. So I, I feel like, you know, maybe Ben on short shifts could also tackle this question, you know, as, as someone with, uh, with I think is more plugged into the Rangers than, than either of us are. But it's so frustrating for Trojak. He seems to get randomly bumped through his career out of good situations and can't hold them even when he's doing well. I, I wonder if Trojak was a victim of, of really just a poor on-ice shooting percentage. The coach is saying, oh, well, the line's not getting things done, but they look really good. Under the hood, the Trojak's line has been getting some great chances. He and his line mates are just shooting under 6% at 5-on-5, which means they only have 12 goals together while they're on the ice, 19 goals against. And that's the difference between Trojak's line winning and losing, the goals share battle, when they're on the ice together. And I feel like maybe he's just being penalized for some bad shooting percentage. He himself is only shooting 4% at 5-on-5, just two goals on 51 shots for Trocek, but six expected goals. So he should be doing better. Um, But, you know, again, there always seems to be something about this guy that coaches don't love or or don't want to nurture. So I guess we'll see. At least, like you said, Elon, that power play one production is still coming. He's still on it. I'm in a league about Elisa's size. Um... She said 12 teams, 16 men rosters, right? If Trojak was dropped, I mean, my team, my bottom forwards are Kuzmenko and Tatar. I would definitely swap them out for Vincent Trojak. So, mm. so, so my advice would be to not drop him in, in that size league. Uh, I don't know. I guess you love Trocek and you love Brian Russ, so it'll be fun to check back <laughs> in, a, in a few weeks and see if this is good advice I'm, or not. I mean, well, you know, like my, my Achilles heel is I'm overly patient with guys I've seen produce in the past, especially when I, get, I can explain the reasons they're not producing now and it doesn't seem to be a drop in the quality of their play. Yeah, but I, the coaches don't agree with you, right? If they're bumping yeah. these guys down the lineup. Well, I, I mean, definitely Trocek has a red flag next to his name. He always has, mm-hmm. and we thought... I thought this was going to be a nice, smooth year for him uh, in in the big city, in the Big Apple. But no, <laughs> well, I mean, hey, I don't argue. Like, I feel like this is good. Like, it's easy to come on and be like, oh, he's cold, so drop him, right? So you're saying still hold on, and it'll be fun now to see if Alyssa could at least get some you know, benefit he, really like you didn't make a mistake uh, drafting him on almost all your teams. You made the mistake by not trading him when, when he was super hot at the start of the year, you probably could have gotten a really huge return. Uh, Jason is saying here in the chat that he traded Trojek for Trevor Zegris so, and Samsonov. Yeah. So that sounds going, good. So. Uh, I love Trevor Zegers, especially on Anaheim with those off days. Mwah. Uh, okay. Uh, one last set of injuries before we end part one here uh, in Florida. So a bunch of people are hurt. Like, well, Barkov is sick, so hopefully he'll be back soon. Though He's missed a few games, so that, that sucks for him. Uh, hopefully he's feeling better. Uh, Anton Lundell has an upper body injury. Gudas and Hornfist, both less Saturday's games. You know, for Bangers Leagues, obviously it's a huge loss. If Gudas is going to be out long term, I don't think we have an update there. Doesn't matter, anyways. They they were missing all these players. Florida still destroyed the Kraken with Philip Grubauer in net five to one on Saturday. Uh, that top line, which the now top line of Kachuk, Bennett, and Verhage, all had multi point games. Like really, like you know, with all these people injured, it's kind of like Colorado. You basically have one good line, and then poor Sam Reinhardt had to fend for himself on a line with Cousins and Lusterinen. Uh, I don't think there's much here to discuss with the forwards. I think we've talked to a lot of these guys. Uh, I'll just jump to the goalies very quickly, which will also should be pretty obvious at this point. Spencer Knight. Unless you're living under a rock, this shouldn't be news to you. Spencer Knight has taken over as a starter for Florida. This has like, been happening for a while now. There was even like quotes from the coach saying that he's ready to give Spencer Knight a starter's workload. Uh, he's having an amazing season. He had two straight gems this week versus Vancouver and Seattle. Knight is up to a 923 save percentage in 14 games. Meanwhile, Bobrovsky barely playing and when he is playing he's terrible right he has an 878 percentage now in 12 games after letting in six goals versus calgary at the start of the week so i think brian i, I hope you're not going to disagree with me here well i i'll be interested if you do but i think the advice here is that spencer knight should be rostered in basically all leagues i can't imagine a league where you don't want him i think bobrovsky is basically should be rostered in no leagues at this point unless you're in a league where it's like every single goalie in the league is rostered because you need even you know if, if david riddick is rostered in your league then fine roster bobrovsky but i think at this point it's very clear that we've got a starter and a backup the starter is awesome and the backup is not good so 
That's a shame. Yeah, I'm not at all going to disagree with you. Knight has been playing like a starter. Bobrovsky has been playing like a backup. And I, I don't think I need to slice it any any more than that. Way to go, Spencer Knight, for beating out the $10.5 million guy. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how this turns around if they both keep playing the way they're playing. Uh, as you mentioned, Elon, like in, in my couple division, Bobrovsky was dropped, sat uh, in free agency. No one put in a waiver claim, sat in free agency. Someone grabbed him for a stream, I think, but I didn't. And they got, and they got bit. Yeah. They got bit with six goals against. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think Bobrovsky is barely rosterable. Yeah, not rosterable, not, I'm going to say. Jason, yeah. Jason asked here in the chat, is it time to drop it's Bob? It's time to like, drop Bob. A week ago. And uh, you know what? Remember how we were saying that Kevin is going to be doing an audit of Kukupful divisions to find inactive teams? I feel like to save time, just find all the teams with Bobrovsky. Those are the teams that probably you, you we want to look into as teams that might not be paying attention at this point. Just kidding. Just, just but, Yeah. But but if you're listening and you have a Brodsky, just drop. Trust me. Fine, like maybe wait at this point. Fine, wait to see if he gets announced to start the next game. But he won't. I'm I'm telling you, he won't. It's going to be Spencer Knight most likely. All right, Brian. We still have outjuries to get to, and then a bunch of hot and cold streaks. Like for the outjuries, we're going to go to obviously talk about Patrick Laine's return, Tara Vinen's less exciting return to Carolina, and then yeah, a bunch of exciting streaks, including some guys in Buffalo who just don't slow down. Uh, so we're going to get to all that in part two of this episode of Keeping Carlson. So. So for those of you who are, you know, are subscribed to our feed, you'll see the episode. If you're not subscribed to our feed, subscribe to the feed, please. Uh, that really helps us out. And then you'll get all of the episodes automatically. Our, like All the short shifts from Ben and Lewis, the stream scheme from Dave Benton, and part one and part two all the time. And you would already have part two waiting for you. So there you go. Uh, thanks for listening to part one. We'll see you in a sec. Bye, everyone.